Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. So, last time we were in Love Rules, we went through Love Rule number 28. And I just want to go through that um, just to remind you, if you, rem- if you forgot, uh, especially for the ladies, right? Ladies, we, we talked about y'all last time we were in this. Uh, wives, a wife's submission to your husband as service to Christ serves as a visible example for others to see what not only a right marriage looks like, but a right relationship with Christ looks like. Again, the devotion that wives have in this is to be the devotion that we all are to have to Christ in all things. And so uh, it, it, it's submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord. So as service to Christ, that's exactly how wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. But again, we've already seen so far the, the relationship between the husband and the wife, we're going to see more tonight, is supposed to be the picture for everybody of what our relationship with Jesus Christ looks like as his church. And so again, very, very, very important. This submission to the husband uh, is to show the world this is what our relationship uh, with Christ is, is supposed to look like. So let's pray and we're going to move forward in this study. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for uh, what we've already been ex- experiencing, worshiping you in songs um, and the opportunity to give to you tonight. We pray that you would just move, uh, that this message would go forth, uh, whether it be um, a husband and a wife that are here, uh, a single woman, a single man, or a child. Lord, we see your word, we see your formula, we see what's pleasing to you. And we see how not only it can apply in each of our lives, but how we can encourage and exhort one another as the body of Christ in these things. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that you would use me as a vessel, that you would get the glory, that you would speak, and that we would all receive your word uh, with ready hearts and be encouraged and strengthened, maybe convicted if that's necessary, Lord. Uh, we'll praise you for it, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this week we move to the husband. Now, I, I want to say this. I, I've shared a little bit already, uh, but back in December, we started a men's Bible study, um, and it's been great. We've had two so far. We did December. Uh, we did January, and they've been awesome. And guys, if you haven't made it, come. Next, next month, come to that Bible study. Uh, we can get you caught up. We can get you the videos. But I'm telling you what, you're missing out. As, if you're a Christian, you're missing out as a man. Uh, if you're missing these Bible studies. Now, I realize that work and, and other things get in the way sometimes, and you can't help it. But if you can be here, you should be here. Um, you should be here, number one, for your Lord, but number two, for your family. And so, again, I encourage you to be here uh, because we're going to talk a little bit about what we've already heard in that Bible study tonight, uh, but it's also going to be important for the ladies. So, verse 25, we pick up. It says this in, in uh, chapter 5 of Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So, there it is, a very clear command in Scripture, husbands, love your wives. Again, for the wives, very clear command, submit to your husbands as service to Christ. Husband, love your wife in a way, in a love that mimics the kind of love that Christ has for his church. And that's a sacrificial love. So if we look at every single husband in here, this is the standard, this is the charge, this is the command, to love our wives as Christ loved the church, mimicking that sacrificial love. Now this word love, agapio in in the Greek, it means this unselfish love that's seen 
in Christ's sacrificial death. And so uh, when we think about how am I supposed to love my wife, we're supposed to love with a love that's seen as the sacrificial love of Christ was seen in his death. He gave up himself for the lost. He gave up himself for us. And so when we think about this, it's very clear that Christ considered our lives more dear than his own life. That's that's what we see in Christ, leaving his throne in, in, in heaven, coming in the form of human flesh, in the form of his creation, and having a love so much so that he would lay down his life knowing all the sin, knowing all the sinners. That, that's, a, that's a heavy thing. I mean, think about that for a second. You and I don't like to talk about our own sins. And when we hear about sins of, of other people, sometimes they're, they just blow our mind and we're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. And sometimes we hear of the, the most vile sins that, 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 he, you know, that a person could ever think of. Jesus Christ took every single vile, not only thought, action, word, everything. He took every single sin of every single sinner that would ever live upon himself. Again, sometimes we have to stop hearing stories, right? It's to do with something happening to kids, something happening to innocent you know, people. We, I stop, stop, I can't hear anymore, I can't hear anymore. Jesus Christ, love, was so great that he not, only, he not only knew it, he was acquainted with it. He, was, he, he knew it better than you and I could know. As a holy God, he knew the pain of that sin, the weight of that sin, more than you and I could ever know. And yet, he, in his love, he sacrificed himself for us. And so love rule number 29 tonight is very quick right off the bat, very clear for husbands, and it's this. Our role is to love our wives in such a way that esteems our wives above even our own lives. Think about that. Now, this is hard because we get really selfish in our lives, both, both men and women do. Uh, but we can begin to focus on us and begin to focus only on us. And we can forget that we're supposed to be loving our wives in a way that esteems her life above even our own. In other words, we're supposed to value her life above our life. That's a tough standard to follow. But again, that's exactly what the standard is. Many times we, we have this thought as men because we don't have this great way of expressing our emotion most of the time, right? Uh, wives can just lay it all out there most of the time. They just, they just lay their emotions out there and, and, and we don't have to question, so how are you feeling? <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't have to ask, you know, after they pour it all out there, we don't have to ask the question, so let me get this clear. No, it's clear already. Um, but for guys, sometimes we don't, we don't do that. And, and, and I think a lot of times we get to a place where we assume and we expect our wives to know that we love them. Well, I go and I work hard and I provide and, and, and I, pay, I help pay the bills and I do this and I do that uh, and this, that, and whatever. And she knows that I love her. But again, I, I want to, to focus on the kind of love that Christ had. The Bible says that he demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. It was a demonstration of love. And again, there was a clear purpose in this sacrificial love. When we look at Christ dying for us, demonstrating his love in dying for us, this very clear purpose was the benefit of us. Thinking about us, dying for us, it was all to benefit us. 
And again, there we see a love. If we as husbands love our wives like that, there should be a benefit to the wives. And again, as, as humans, sometimes we think, well, if I express my love, I want her to express her love. You know, I, I, I want it to be reciprocated. I, 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 want, I want to love, and I want her to love me back the way that I want her to love me. If, she's, if I'm supposed to love her the way that she's you know, supposed to be loved, then I want to be loved back the way that I want to be loved back. But again, Christ doesn't say that. He, he loved and he gave so that the church would benefit from his love, from his sacrifice. And that's what we see in Scripture. But some of the benefits for husbands loving their wives in the sacrificial way that we're supposed to love our wives are this. Number one, spiritually. The benefit for every single Christian uh, wife should be a spiritual benefit from the love that her husband gives her. And so, men in here, you, your first responsibility in loving your wife as Christ loved the church, it should be so that she has benefited spiritually, that she is set up in a way that she can love the Lord more, that she can draw closer to God, that she feels closer to God. Again, I love so much in, a, in such a godly way that a wife feels that draw uh, to be closer to the Lord. The second benefit is an emotional benefit. As emotional beings, wives, no doubt, have this need in their life. And this need in their life is designed that only the husband is to fill this particular emotional need. And so when the husband loves the way that he's supposed to love, this emotional need is fulfilled. And therefore, it can help them be the best version of themselves. Because you know what happens when your emotions and your, your hormones and your chemicals get all about, out of balance, you are not the best version of yourself. Amen, ladies? Amen, ladies? That's what I thought. Yeah, when, whenever your emotions are out of whack and everything's feeling off, you're, you're like, man, so I, I'm just going to let you in on Rochelle and I. So here we go. Um, so there's times whenever, whenever there's not um, that ooey-gooey warm fuzzy, right? And um, it, it feels, it's just not there. The, the warmth is not there. And so as humans, a lot of times we're like, well, so we just need to kind of give a little space. And I have learned, that's wrong, brother, don't amen that. So, so, well, I know, I'm wrong with you. Amen, I'm wrong with you. So uh, the, the, the way that we think is, whew, I'm just going to kind of give the space. No, no, no. What I have been told is that in those moments, they just need a hug. They just need a hug. And so I, I've tried that. Sometimes... So, and you got to be careful, guys, because, you know, depending on how far that is, a hug may do more damage than, um, than anything. But there, there is uh, the next benefit in this. When we're loving our wives the way that we're supposed to, and with this sacrificial love, there's a physical uh, benefit. And again, it's it maybe not exactly as the husband's needs are defined, uh, but either way, a physical connection um, all help benefit the physical needs that the wife has uh, as a wife. And so when we look at these three benefits, we look at a spiritual benefit, an emotional benefit, and a physical benefit from husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church, then the wife should have no excuse, should have no reason why she can't submit as unto the Lord. And so again, in premarital counseling and marital counseling, that's exactly what we share. I said the husband, the responsibility falls primarily on the husband. It doesn't mean that the wife doesn't have, if you say, 
if you will, equal responsibility. They're both equal responsibilities, 100%, 100%. But the husband as the spiritual leader should be as Christ loved us first. He should be loving. He should be setting the precedent in the home and loving as Christ loved the church. And again, if we do that, the, the wife benefits and becomes the best version of herself, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And uh, now, again, a rebellious heart, a cold heart, a hardened heart, uh, uh, and we've seen that before. And hopefully there's no one in here like that, that your husband is pouring out his life. He's doing everything he can to love you sacrificially, and yet you aren't submitting as unto the Lord. You're submitting unto your husband as unto the Lord because uh, you're being selfish and cold. So again, it can't, it, you, can't, you can't have it that way. Um, and we'll see a little bit more reason why. But look at the purpose of Christ loving the church in such a sacrificial way. Again, he loved it because there, uh, there were benefits in that. Again, just as a husband loving his wife, there are benefits. Here's the benefits in verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Did you see that? Christ's intent in his love, in his sacrifice, was for the spiritual. And it was for the overall benefit of every member of the church. So husbands, your number one goal should be to love your wife in such a way that she's set up to love Christ more and in turn love you more. That's the kind of love that, that, that should be our number one goal is to love our wives in such, such a way that they love Christ more. And because they draw closer to Christ, they love us more. See, we, we, we get it all wrong. Sometimes we think that we can just be stubborn. We can be hard. We can just try to be a boss. We can try to do this. Sometimes we think that we can manipulate. We can, we can do different things to try to get what we want. And that's completely fleshly and sinful. God's formula is to love as Christ loved the church. And as that love is poured out on a daily basis and it's real and it's sincere, the wife wants to be closer to the Lord. She wants to be closer to her husband. She wants to follow the Lord. She wants to follow her husband again uh, if she's got a relationship with the Lord specifically. So husbands, you should desire respect. And you should desire it for every single person on behalf of your wife. You should, you should want people to look at her and respect her and, and look at her and, and know that she's loved and she's honored. And that's because of this love and the sacrifice that husbands, you as a husband, is providing. And so again, that's what Christ said, that he can present it to himself, a glorious church without spot or blemish. So husbands, that's our responsibility. Again, our number one goal to love our wives in such a way that it, it just causes her, sets her up to love Christ more in, 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 in us as, as, as much more, that much more as well. Uh, verse 28, we're going to go on. It says this, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Again, this analogy of the marriage between a husband and a wife and our relationship with Christ and his church is very clear and it's vital, very vital. He said, why is it so vital, this, this analogy between the husband and wife and Christ and the church? Because 
Marriage should be the greatest illustration. When the lost world looks at a marriage, a Christian marriage, it should be the greatest illustration of what a relationship with God looks like and God's relationship with us looks like. Would you get that? So your lost friends, your lost neighbors, your lost coworkers, when they look at you and, and, and how you talk about your husband or how you talk about your wife or how you treat or all those things, when they see and hear those things, that should be their best illustration of what a real relationship with Jesus Christ looks like. So, oh no. Oh no, at work I've been killing my husband with my coworkers. At work I, I've, been, I've been trashing my wife. That's probably the worst testimony that you could, you could give to a lost person. It's probably the worst thing you could do. Because a Christian husband and wife should be the illustration of what our relationship with him looks like. And the world sees that Christian husband. If you're a Christian husband and, and, and you go to work or you're at the store or wherever the neighbors, friends, they should see the kind of strong and sacrificial love that knows no end. They should see a love that respects and, and prefers the other first. A love that doesn't rejoice in evil but rejoices in good. And they should see that love. It should be evident in everything. And the world sees a Christian wife. They should see a submission because of this great love that Christ has shown, a submission to not only Christ, but a submission to their husband. The world should also see this great respect and reverence that's given to the husband first. A loving submission that isn't about slavery, but it's about servanthood. Because we're privileged to serve Christ and privileged to serve by love each other. I've said it many times before, uh, the verses that speak to Christian relationships should apply at home first. The verses that speak to Christian relationships should apply at home first. They should be realized at home first. For example, our speech. When the Bible talks about um, how Christians are supposed to talk and speak. In Ephesians chapter 4, we've already gone through this in verse 25. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is use of edifying. We should be speaking things that are edifying at home. So when you get on your condescending horse or when you begin to talk down to your spouse, that is being hypocritical. If you don't talk that way to every, everybody else. When you walk in these doors and you don't talk to people like that, but you'll talk to your spouse at home like that, that's hypocritical. As Christians, we should be talking to each other the way that Christians should be talking to each other all the time. It should start in home. Because if it starts in the home, then it's the most sincere everywhere else. Did you get that? If it starts in the home, it's most sincere everywhere else. Because if it doesn't start at home, then it's insincere. It's kind of a front, right? You put on a face. That hypocrisy, that's, what, that's where the word comes from. Put a face on a different face. And so again, our speech. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace. Always with grace. Should apply at home first. But also our actions at home. The things that we do. Uh, the things that are seen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. As I said a while ago, uh, a privilege to serve Christ. A privilege to serve one another. Ephesians chapter 5, 13. It says, but by love, serve one another. Serve one another. By love, 
love. And then the third thing is our attitude. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, in an honor, preferring one another. Preferring one of the attitude of, I've got to consider the other person first. I've got to think of the other person first. Again, selfishness of man, the pride of man doesn't like that, but that is the formula for every single Christian relationship. Again, and it should start at home. If it's going to be sincere actions, if it's going to be sincere attitude, if it's going to be sincere speech, it should start at home. We say, so you're painting the picture of a perfect man. Listen, God's, God's standard is perfection. This is what we should be striving for. Do I hit the nail on the head every time? Absolutely not. Does any person? Absolutely not. But that is the goal. That's what we're to be striving for. Every single day, you and I should be striving to have actions and attitudes and speeches that reflect what every single Christian relationship should, should exhibit. So again, if we're not exercising just these general Christian characteristics at home first, then we've got to ask the question, what is it when we do it outside of the home? Is, is it hypocrisy? I think so. You know, I wonder how many of those, those people, and, and again, this is an excuse. Everybody has an excuse. There's hypocrites everywhere. Um, but a lot of times people say, I don't go, go, go to church anymore because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. And, and honestly, there's a, there's a sad truth to that because a lot of times people see how marriages go, how, they, how the person acts at work, how the person talks at work, how the person acts in their neighborhood and talks in their neighborhood, and then they realize they go to church, and they say, I don't want to be any a part of that. Again, we should exhibit, first and foremost, in, the, in, in our homes, uh, what, what Christians should exhibit. So the husband's supposed to love and cherish and nurture and provide and protect his wife as Christ did and does the church. But Paul goes on and he clarifies how this happens and how important it is. So verse 31, this call shall, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall be, they, the, the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Again, verse 31 very clearly points back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 indicating that there's this bond that exists between a husband and a wife that doesn't exist in any other human relationship. Because this, in this relationship, two people have become one flesh through God's working. This relationship is greater than any relationship on earth, even the relationship of a parent and a child. And that's hard because sometimes we, this is, and this is a good home lesson too, a lot of times kids get so involved and kids have so many things going on um, that the parents' lives become all about the kids and they forget that they're married, that they have a spouse. And that, that relationship is to be tended to first. After the relationship with Christ, the marriage relationship. And see, yeah, but my kids got this and got this. But listen, you need to teach your kids that there's no greater relationship on this earth outside of their relationship with Jesus Christ than with their spouse. If they get old enough to get married, that's what they should know. That my spouse, I become one flesh with them. That's the greatest relationship in this earth, aside from my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so again, that's what kids need to see. I think there's so many marriages that, that have struggled and are struggling because they have lost focus of the importance of the husband and wife relationship. They get so involved in so many other things. Some people say, well, you know, what, what about church? Listen, what the greatest privilege is to serve the Lord with your spouse. 
I, I, I've talked to people before. I've even talked to people in, in ministry, training ministry, and, and I said, listen, there's no other way. If you're going to serve the Lord, there's no other way to do it than with your spouse. Don't send your wife up to the church and let her serve. Don't send your husband up to the church and let him serve. Serve the Lord together. What does Joshua say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will. Not her, because I got a game to watch. Not, not, not him, because I got stuff to do. Places to go. No. We will serve the Lord. So important. You know, Paul mentions this wonderful bond between Christ and the church. It's a mystery. This, this, this is the important part. This is how important it is. And this, this mystery, it illustrates the love of the husband and wife and vice versa. And lastly, in verse 33, it says this, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So guys, let's, let's get straight. Some of you have already heard this. If you came to our Bible study, uh, if, you haven't heard, if you haven't been in the Bible study, this is going to be something new. Last week, uh, last month, uh, in December, he was speaking to the husbands. And he said, if, you aren't, if, if your wife isn't submitting to you like you think she should, maybe it's because, maybe it's because the Lord is letting you have a taste of what it's like with your lack of submission to him. Did you hear that? If you're at home and you're thinking, man, my, I just wish my wife would start, stop, that there would stop being that, that battle there. And I wish she would, if, if, if I don't want to do this, if I want to do this, I wish she would just say, okay. I wish she would just submit and follow. He said, maybe the Lord has given you a taste of what you do to him. The exact quote was this, a woman is a mirror that lets a man know what his own submission to God looks like. A woman is a mirror that lets a man know what his own submission to God looks like. I've had men ask me, how can I love my wife like Christ loved the church? How can I love like that? So I'm just supposed to love her regardless. Let her run over me. Let her do whatever. I mean, she can say whatever, do whatever. And I'm just supposed to love her as Christ loved the church because that's my command. My, my response to, to men when they say something like that is this. Well, start submitting to the Father like Christ did. And you might find it easier to be like him and to love like him. See, Christ was at a place in his life on this earth the whole time that he was submitted to the Father, to the will of the Father. And so when, when you get to the end of his life and he's willing to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, his love's so great that he was willing to take on the sin of the whole world and die for all of us, how is that possible? Because of a submission to the Father. And so if you're a husband and not, you say, man, I'm just having a hard time loving my wife regardless. I mean, uh, it's fine when things are fine and we're good and things are getting along. I can love her just fine. But when, when things are like this, it's hard to love her. How, how am I supposed to just continue loving her like that? Start with submitting to the Lord 100% every day. And you'll find in that submission, it's a lot easier to do and fulfill God's will uh, than when you're not submitted to the Lord. So love rule number 30 tonight is this, the last one. A husband's love and a wife's respect 
should illustrate the beautiful union of Christ and his church as well as demonstrate what God's blessings look like. And I, I want you to hone in on that right there. Because the next time you or I start acting a fool at home, in front of our kids, start acting a fool out in public, at the store, start condescending him in front of other people, start uh, trashing her in front of other people, we start doing that. Remember, you're telling your kids, you're telling the lost coworker, you're telling that person at the store, that lost person at the store, you're telling them, this is what God's blessings look like. Don't you want some? That's what we're doing. I mean, think about that. Your grandkids. I mean, when, when they see how you interact or, or don't show love and don't show submission, they are thinking, ooh, this is supposed to be the most blessed relationship in all the earth. I don't know if I want any part of that. Again, that's, that's what we need to remember. So let's make sure that we all, both husbands, wives, listen, singles, kids, every single person, if we are going to be who God's called us to be, whether it's in a marriage relationship, whether it's in our single life, whether it's as a child growing up, if we're going to be who God intends for us to be and to walk the path of God's will and in that path of God's will experience the best of God's blessings, please listen, every single one of us have to start with submitting to God so that we can be who he designed us to be and we can experience the blessings that he's promised in his design. And so that's the, that's the, that's the, the important truth there. God's designed every single one of us. The Bible says that he, he, he preordained us to be conformed to the image of his son. He, he, he foreordained, he, he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Every single child of God is supposed to be in the image of Jesus Christ. Thought, word, deed, everything. And so the only way every single child of God is going to be conformed is if we submit to being who he's called us to be. To be in that design and therefore in that design, as I said a while ago, experience the fullness of the blessings he's promised in that, in that design. It's the same thing in marriage. When we are who we're supposed to be in marriage and it's exactly the way God designed it to be, then we can experience all the promised blessings of God in his design. It's when we get it wrong. It's when we don't submit and we don't yield to God's design and we don't conform to that design that we miss all the blessings. Look at the world today. I heard something in the confirmation meeting, uh, the confirmation hearing of the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, um, last week, I think it was. And they were asking him about, are you going to uphold the law uh, that the Supreme Court uh, you know, said they had their opinion on as far as um, you know, talking about the LGBT community, uh, as far as the marriage being between whoever wants to be married, basically. And he said, you know, even though there was a, a heavy dissent, the majority ruled that basically whoever wants to marry whoever can marry whoever. And he said, it's the law of the land. And, and that struck my heart. I mean, we all know it's true. We know it happened a few years back. The Supreme Court said, um, you know, it's unconstitutional to, to make it between just a, a male and a female and, and all those things. And, and so, but to hear it in, in that confirmation, I thought, 
That's, that's doom. If that doesn't get changed quick, that's, you know, you've heard me say that before, that's, that's doom for our nation. The law of the land. This is what it is. This is where we're at. We have turned our back on God's design for the most important, the most fundamental of all human relationships. And we're seeing God's hand of blessing being removed, I think, in large, large respects because of that. I mean, there's tons of other things, but a lot of, because of that. Because what is this world about? This world is about relationships. The most fundamental and the most basic one is the husband and wife. And so when we get that wrong, we miss everything out. Miss everything up and miss, miss out on the, the blessings promised in the design of God. But again, that goes for every single child of God. So if you're not willing to be submitted to being the best, if you're a child and you're a Christian here, if you're not su submitted to being the, the, the very best child of God in that state, you're going to miss out on all the blessings that God's promised in that design. So if you're single, same thing. And of course, as a married couple, same thing. So again, we all have to start at that place of submission. God, I'm yours. I want to be who you designed me to be. If you have me in this place in my life, I want to be the very best child of yours that I can be in this place. And I thank God's hand blessing will flow from there. We don't have any musicians tonight, but I want to pray. They're going to play some music. And if you want to come tonight, maybe you just want to pray, God, maybe you want to grab your spouse. God, help us be who we're supposed to be. If you're single, God, I want to be everything you've designed for me to be. Because I want to walk that path of your will to experience your blessings. And so um, let's pray and we'll do that. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to be here again tonight. Lord, we are so blessed to have this freedom. So blessed to be able to open your word freely and, and teach it and preach it, Lord. And uh, God, as I've already prayed, I, I want to be that, that man. I want to be that husband. I want to be uh, your child. Uh, that is the, the very best illustration um, for the lost and for my kids and for uh, our church that, that anyone can be. And Lord, I pray that would be the desire of every husband. That would be the desire of every man. Lord, the desire of every woman, Lord, that, that they would be who you've designed them to be, whether they're single, married, widowed, what, a child, wherever, whatever station of life we're all in, God, I pray we would all start at that place of submission to you and your word and to your will. And I pray that you just move tonight and this time. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.